If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Human Rights, Spiritual Responsibilities, A Crisis for Democracy. Now, before we uh, explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this on this show. Following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The great keynote of freedom has been embodied in revolution and the urge for change, but above all in humanity's struggle for human rights. As we move from an age of authority to one of experience, people increasingly seek for others what they demand for themselves the right to freedom of thought, speech, and worship, and the right to live in dignity, equality, and brotherhood with all humanity. Other programs we've done have suggested that freedom and human rights have a deeply spiritual basis. Can you say more about that? Yes, uh, they do. They um, are so often interpreted in terms of the individual self and in terms of material well-being. Uh, and that's only a small part of uh, what human rights and freedom signify. They um, are deeply spiritual urges that come from the human soul, and um, we owe the United Nations a great deal of credit for having done so much to advance the cause of human rights. It isn't only the United Nations. Um, the whole theme of human rights has been very much in the uh, human mind uh, the last few months because of the recent Olympics in China that highlighted uh, China's own record on human rights. And uh, just the other day we celebrated UN Day, October 24th every year is the anniversary of the uh, founding of the United Nations. Plus there's another big anniversary this year. This is the 60th anniversary of the 
signing of the United Nations Declaration on Human Rights, which was signed 60 years ago on December 10th, 1948. So for all these reasons, plus the upcoming election uh, in the United States, plus the crisis that a number of nations have gone through this year alone, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Russia, the United States, in terms of democracy, we really need to try to understand more of what it means spiritually for humanity and to kind of take the pulse of how are we doing as a species with this idea of government through democracy. Right, and this uh, Declaration of Human Rights that was first uh, declared by the United Nations in 1948 was one of the first real declarations that um, encapsulated so many of the rights to be human. And uh, I, I would just like to read the first article of this declaration because it's, it's, it hits the nail on the head with the problem. And that first article says, All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed with reason and conscience and should act towards one another in a spirit of brotherhood. Now, this is the opening article, and I urge everyone to get a copy of this declaration, and we can send you a copy, and read the full text, because um, it is something to aim for, that every person, every nation in the world needs to aim for, uh, certainly all the, all the nations of the world don't live up to these rights, any, in any sh- shape or form, but um, they are goals that the United Nations Declaration has set for humanity, and um, I think they are very worthy goals. You say, you point out that we haven't lived up to this ideal, and uh, we can all ponder on why we haven't. One possibility is that mm-hmm the force of the separated individual self is so powerful, such a overwhelming driving uh, urge in many human beings to, to affirm the separated self, that I exist, I have my rights, I demand my well-being. That is understandable, but when it eclipses the rights of everybody else, That's when we have the problem, and too many people live as if they are islands um, in a sea of humanity, and only their little island matters. They have this illusion that they live their lives separate from all other human beings, and uh, the ageless wisdom tells us that is not so. We occupy separate physical bodies. But we know more and more that our thoughts and our emotions affect others. We know, well, an example is how panic can run through a crowd of people. So can very good things. Compassion can run through the whole human family. Look at how we responded to the tsunami a few years ago. Goodwill is contagious. So is irritation. Ideas can spread through the minds of many people. So we share much more than we realize, and we should remember that we share the aspiration for human rights and freedom with every other human being. Right, and this 
this surge for rights, for or human rights, this urge, I should say, for human rights, it comes from very deep within us. And it's, it's uh, as I think you alluded to earlier, it's a product of the human soul, that it provides this um, incentive to, once we are in a state of incarnation, in a physical body, the soul also gives us the path of release and liberation out of this physical realm because that's the true nature of where the soul lives is released from the physical world. And so there, there is a strong urge in everyone to uh, gain some sort of liberation from where they are. Yes, Alice Bailey said that the whole thrust of life is toward liberation, and it's a liberation from form, ultimately the release from form, from the inhibitions and the restrictions and limitations of any kind of form is behind the whole quest for liberation. It's not just about wanting to have one's space and one's freedom and one's desires fulfilled. It's really behind it all the quest to be free of the limitations of form. I suppose that was what lay behind uh, Christ's uh, command that we live in the world but not of it, to be in the world but not of it, to not be possessed by it, to live in it as a way to ground divinity through human experience, but not to be so possessed by the pull of the material plane that uh, we forget our origin and our ultimate destiny. It's this forgetting where we came from and where we are headed that makes us fight so over territory as nations do in wars, over uh, a seat on the subway as I've seen some people do, over a job, a better position uh, against a co-worker. The list goes on and on, this, this desire to have what somebody else has. Right, and it's uh, it's that basic urge to um, improve oneself, one's position in life, or to get ahead. Uh, it's not just an... Well, it comes out as an ego thing, but there's really something deeper. It, it, it stems from the very soul itself and the strength of the will. There's to, something good behind it. Right. There is something good behind it. And... In spite of all the evil reactions, the evil uh, forms and the evil ways of doing things out there, there is an impulse of love and, and goodwill behind it all that um, will eventually emerge once the uh, many, many lessons have been learned by the, by the individuals. And I think that's where... The idea of human rights has its power in the fact that each individual human being has to carve his own destiny. The problem is we forget that we are part of a whole human family. And uh, Alice Bailey marks out three major historic events as really the, the greatest uh, signposts in the quest for human rights. The first being, she says, the signing of the Magna Carta in England in 1215, I think. That was the first affirmation that the human being has rights. 
because that was a time uh, of a feudal system, of a monarchy, when human beings were considered just virtually slave labor to fulfill the interests of those who had power and money. That was the first breakthrough. Another was the American War of Independence and the drafting of the Bill of Rights, which has been um, admired and emulated by many societies throughout the world. And the third was the French Revolution, with the concept of liberty, equality, and fraternity. These are the three major signposts. But we're still in a quest for human rights, and we're expanding our understanding of human rights to include the rights of the disabled, the rights of women, the rights of children. Only recently the Convention on the Rights of the Child was signed, and in fact this country has not yet signed it. Right, and, and as you say, there, there's a whole list of Declaration of Rights. Uh, in fact, it's, it's in one of the folders that we're going to offer to you. There's a list of practically every few years there's a, another declaration of, um, as you say, the rights of the child, the racial, of racial discrimination, uh, discrimination against women, uh, the rights of people to peace and the right to development, and, and so forth. And the, and the latest one was the Declaration of Commitment on HIV-AIDS. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the United Nations is still uh, proposing these great declarations because they, they are goals towards which people of the world can aim for. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Human Rights. Spiritual Responsibilities, A Crisis for Democracy. I'd like to tell you about a special offer from Lucis Trust, and that is uh, some gifts for you. One is a, a leaflet on human rights, and then the converse, right human relations. So that's a leaflet on human rights slash right human relations. Another one is the Universal Declaration of uh, Human Rights, which was just spoken about on the show. And another is World Goodwill Newsletter, and one title of one article is The Meaning of Democracy. So that's quite a formidable gift. It comes in three forms, um, uh, a newsletter and uh, a declaration of human rights and a leaflet on human rights, uh, right human relations. They're very interesting. Uh, It's very philosophical. So all you need to do to, uh, to receive these gifts is to give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. And uh, what you do is when you call up, you ask for the special offer, the leaflet on human rights, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, is the second aspect of it, and the third is World Goodwill news, Newsletter uh, with the title The Meaning of Democracy. And if you give us a call and ask for uh, those, you will be happy to send it out to you uh, free of charge. Uh, we appreciate your dono- donations for the past. They've uh, certainly been useful. They've been instrumental in keeping us on the air. They're tax-deductible, and uh, if you'd still like to Send donations, send them to Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. 
uh, Lucis Trust is involved in um, many different levels uh, in addition to media, that is, in addition to the radio shows. And uh, by the way, all of our InterSight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. Lucis, L-U-C-S, L-U-C-I-S, rather, excuse me. Website, once again, www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day, day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. The theme of each program, each week's program is posted in advance on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. Uh, before we go further, we have a symposium coming up, and I think uh, it's best that Sarah let you know about the details of that symposium. Sarah? Yes. Um, next Saturday, November 1st, from 1.30 to 5.15 in the afternoon, we're going to be holding a a symposium here in New York as well as in our headquarters in London and Geneva. All three centers are focused on the theme of human rights, spiritual responsibilities, a crisis for democracy. And it's going to be an afternoon of talks by guest speakers, uh, group discussion, and meditation as an act of group service. We have invited uh, as our keynote speaker a representative from the United Nations, Ramu Damodaran, is Deputy Director of the Outreach Division of the Department of Public Information at the UN, and he will be giving the keynote address. And we will also be having um, a speaker from Baltimore, a professor at Johns Hopkins University, Kimberly Riley, who is a professor of European history, and she'll be speaking on the dignity and rights of man a history of the democratic ideal, which should be really fascinating. Plus, we'll be having an opening talk on human rights, the right to be human, uh, which Dale will be giving. And we'll have plenty of time for group discussion and for meditation. All of this is especially meaningful here in the U.S. because it's the weekend before the election. And if we can, as a group, contribute to the clarifying of the atmosphere surrounding the whole process that we've been through for the last couple of years, the primaries and the conventions and the campaign, uh, it might help us move the whole national approach to democracy forward a bit. At least we can hope. I mean, uh, referring back to what you were saying before, though, uh, you were mentioned that the, mentioning that the ultimate uh, freedom mentioned in the Valley literature is freedom from form. I know that I would be a bit disoriented without mm-hmm. my form, <laughs> and uh, I'm wondering if there's any. Uh, uh, I, I haven't, by any stretch of the imagination, read all of the Valley work, but uh, is there anything in the? But you have, and is there anything in the Valley literature that suggests what that might be all about? How would it? What does it mean to be free of form? Well. There's a fascinating passage on the um, freeing of the prisoners of the planet, as Alice Bailey calls them, in her book, A Treatise on White Magic. If anyone has uh, that book on their in their library, uh, they can read about the um, freeing of the prisoners of the planet, which is every living thing uh, in all kingdoms, from the mineral through the animal and vegetable and human that is imprisoned in form. And whether we know it or not, we are imprisoned in form and limited by it 
for the duration of an incarnation. Now, a mosquito has an incarnation of, what, a few hours? And a human being has an incarnation of 90 or 100 years, perhaps. Uh, animals, dogs live 10 years, maybe. But in every case, life, with a capital L, when it's anchored within a form of any sort, whether an amoeba or a crystal or a human being or a horse, is both fulfilling its purpose and severely limited in its evolutionary possibilities. And that's why in that passage on the freeing of the prisoners of the planet, she talks about the great liberation that the death of form offers. I don't want to sound morbid like we should all race pell-mell toward our death. That would be denying the joy of life on earth. But it does help us to put death in its proper perspective when it comes in a timely way and at the bequest of the soul, that it's a release, it's a liberation of the imprisoned life in a form that no longer serves that indwelling life. And this happens with every every aspect of um, life expressing on every level of life, that at some point the form stops serving that indwelling life and becomes a limitation. Maybe that's enough on that subject. It's it's a it's so profound. I'll have to get to that um, uh, belly uh, literature that yeah. m- white magic. Uh, five hundred or so, page five. I'm not a, sure. A treatise, a treatise, treatise on, on, white, on, on white, white magic, magic and the, the okay. freeing of the prisoners of the planet. We are all prisoners. Well, in a way, it's related to the uh, changing face of democracy. I mean, that that's really what we're also talking about in this um, uh, symposium coming up is the um, the crisis for democracy and uh, because democracy changes too uh, and it there is no one single form or ideal of democracy that is right for all times Ideals and ideas are forms that become imprisoning too. Right. These yes. are these are ideas you. that also can be uh, imprisoning, mm-hmm. and they are very imprisoning because uh, many people are just so hidebound by certain ideas and certain attitudes of thought and certain ways of thinking, and democracy is just also uh, subject to these same limitations. That may be why I just can't bear to hear candidates speak of my people or anybody speaking of uh, my people as if the rest of us don't matter. We can't think like that anymore. No, and it's the uh, the separative nature that uh, is developed in so many of the uh, democracies that uh, provide the, the very limitation that holds it back. Mm-hmm. What would a true democracy be? If ideally, as um, at its highest state, what, how would a true democracy function? Alice Bailey said that through the democracies, humanity speaks. Well, um, it's sort of mumbling, I think, if that's true. Um, I don't think that democracy really is functioning now as ideally it should, and I can't think of any society that really has it right. One assumption we take for granted in this country is that democracy is a two-party system. The Republicans and the Democrats, once in a while somebody tries to run as an independent, 
but he never gets too far. And the whole idea of the two-party system automatically sets up a, a conflict of uh, polar opposites. That really doesn't sound so democratic. No, it's it's really more of a, a attitude of thinking, uh, whether one is a Democrat or whether one, one is liberal, because even these labels don't uh, hold up too well, because there are liberals on both sides, uh, liberal Democrats and liberal Republicans and conservative Democrats and conservative Republicans and middle-of-the-roaders. And so it's more to do with the, with the way the human mind works and or doesn't work that um, kind of determines where you're going to go with your vote, I think. Well, an assumption that I don't think is stated often enough uh, about democracy when when we hear the media urging us to get out and vote, 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 I always question whether that's really such a good idea to urge everybody to go out and vote. I would think, first of all, educate yourself about the issues and the candidates then go out and vote. But just showing up at the poll and voting your prejudice and your ignorance, uh, what good does that do for society? So there's a responsibility implied in democracy that I don't think is really understood enough. The responsibility of citizenship, the responsibility to be informed. Yes, and Alice Bailey points that out, that uh, that's why we don't really have a true democracy yet, because there isn't uh, an informed public, and that's what is needed. One of the bases for a uh, true democracy is an informed, totally informed people, and that requires a, a certain amount of education. Boy, does it ever. And um, that means people have to pay attention to something beyond their own particular sphere of family and work and community. And ideally to care about the larger society and not just their own kind, their own region, their own um, uh, affiliation, people like them. Of course, we find it most easy to identify with those who resemble ourselves, but we have to stretch our minds and expand our hearts and extend our imaginations enough to include People who might be very different from from ourselves and whose life experience has gone down a much different path so that we can gradually get a sense of what the greater good would be and how the greater good of the larger society can be served. If we don't think in those terms, then we have a democracy where the spirit of the majority rules. But what about the minority? Right, and we have to maybe come back to this declaration of human rights in this first article that I started I read in the beginning that we are all endowed with reason and conscience should act towards one another in the spirit of brotherhood brotherhood is really the spiritual goal for humanity in this next coming age of Aquarius and uh, that is a very difficult uh, goal to achieve right now, but that's what we should keep in mind uh, to work towards, and that's why all of these um, uh, steps that we're taking, all the declarations are so important today to keep in mind. Please take advantage of the special offer from Lucas Trust, and 
the special offer is actually three gifts to you, uh, all very interesting. I think you'll be absorbed in reading them when you, once you get them. One is a leaflet on human rights and also right human relations. The other is uh, what we spoke about during the show, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And thirdly, the World Goodwill, the World Goodwill Newsletter, um, and the title of um, of that, and as far as the article that's focused on in this issue, is the meaning of democracy. So, once again, available at no ch- it's, they're available at no, no charge. Just give us a call on the toll-free number one eight six six N Y Lucis. That's one eight six six. Think of New York Lucis. Lucis L U C I S. You've been listening to. Inner sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.